Hey, it's Guy Sebastian here. I haven't travelled very far. I live in Sydney, so it wasn't a huge commute. So I'm I'm not saying I've put in a massive effort to be here, but I am here and I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, me too. Welcome to the next episode of Introducing. Hey, Gowan, um, thank you for everyone who got in touch with uh, their love for Keita Alexander last week. She is very, very popular. A lot of people love her. Hopefully, you got as much out of that chat as I did having it because she is just a delight. Speaking of delights, I mean, Guy Sebastian. Who doesn't like Guy Sebastian? Come on. Um, we first met 20 years ago um, at the Nova Studios in Perth, about two or three days after the Australian Idol grand final, which still to this day was probably the biggest non-sporting event on TV I've ever kind of been a part of. I want to say part of it. I was just in my lounge room, but we had people over. It was like barbecue stuff. It was Guy versus Shannon. It was the whole thing. Uh, and here he is 20 years later with a brand new tune. I chose good. Um, three years since his last release. And we talk about well, he's in the Tarantino phase of his career. That's what I'm calling it anyway. He's released nine studio albums. He's about to release his 10th. Well, not quite yet, but that's the next thing um, on his bingo card, as they say. Um, we'll talk about golf. He loves that. And his only rule for songwriting, I love this, is to not make it a grind. He'll talk us through that. Um, and also, he'll explain to me what a songwriting camp is. So many people go on these songwriting camps. This one was in Bali he went to, where he came up with I Chose Good in about a day. Um, look, I love this man. And look, I hope he doesn't mind, but... We caught up the day after the Matildas got beaten by England in soccer, in the FIFA World Cup, the Women's World Cup. He just had almost 30 people over at his house. And he and he's a mad cook. He loves it. So I, I just hit record because he was talking to me about his walk burner. And he was so excited about it. So not only do you get a great chat with Guy Sebastian here, but you might even get a little sneaky fried rice recipe out of this too. Lift. Here we go. Let's pick it up here, shall we? I did some building in the in the middle. Did you really? Not not proper building. I just built a stand for a. Got this wok burner. <laughs> yeah, it's like a commercial wok burner, and so that's what I used last night for outside. Yeah, yeah. So you got to use it outside because it's like full on. It's like a jet flame. You put this thing on, and it sounds like a plane's about to take off. Yeah. And, um, but it gets the wok super hot, so you get that wok hay and everything. And so I just had this <laughs> like sort of half stand that I kind of built purpose built for this thing and I put caster wheels and stuff on it so I can just roll it away. Oh my god. Out. So this is the side we but don't But there was know. like twenty eight people at the house last night. <laughs> yeah, okay. And I could make rice for everyone. Fried rice. But proper like proper fried rice. Yeah, right. Like it has that wok hay and like it's Does it have like a little, little paella kind of tang to it because it's on an outdoor flame? Like yeah, you know how it's in a wok. That soccer at is that right? Yeah. I don't know why I know that, but yeah. There so, it would go. have been good for the Matildas last night. Exactly. The soccer app. Well, this <laughs> this is like, so they call it wok hay. I think in Chinese, they call it wok hay. It's just this flavor that you get. And I mm. think it's like the oil and stuff through the metal infusing the, the food. Yeah. You cannot get that taste unless it's at high temperature. Yeah, right. Every, like even my brothers who I was saying to Lozzie before, like they're not that- you know, they're complimenting all the time. They don't throw out compliments. My, my older brother especially, he was like, dude, this is the best fried rice I've ever had. Because <laughs> I did like the rice in coconut 
cream, like in the rice cooker with coconut cream, chicken stock, garlic, yeah. um, and, and ginger. So the rice itself, you taste it a lot. I was going to say, is it already kind of cooked and then you it's just give it that? And then may the process takes about 50 seconds, a minute and a half maybe. Yeah, right. Because it's so hot. So you just shut – and it's all by hand. I've got everything mixed and ready <laughs> and I'm just dumping. And, it, and, it, and so then I do one batch, throw it in this massive – thing like dish thing and everyone's just coming by and, and then that's getting empty so i do another batch and t- like almost 38 people were fed fed and it was like super quick it's <laughs> awesome but anyway mate well let's get you <laughs> let's get you well this is in your music podcast strangely yes, enough yes. it's been a while since we've chatted in person it's been a long time and normally we i get you into the radio studio so it's like five minutes it's hard and fast we get to you play a game and then you're on your way yes but here we actually get to talk about we the music to dive deep i love this yes this new song mm. is the three years since your last release. Is that right? Yeah. So I, I used to- I Chose Good, put, by the way. Yes, it's called I Chose Which Good. is out now. Yep. So it's always <laughs> a bit nerve-wracking. Yeah. Um, always a bit nerve-wracking releasing new music, especially if you've been working on it for a while. And I, I feel like most of the nerves come from the pressure I put on myself because you're like, oh, it has to depart from the last project, has to have some kind of, um, you know, new element to it. Mm. Um, subject matter-wise, I, I need to have some things that, I, um, that are interesting to talk about. And I think- <laughs> Through that process, it's been 20 years this year. So that was, I can't, yeah. like, even not nine studio albums. Yeah. <laughs> like, but you learn through that process. Like, I've, yeah. I've learned a lot about what works for me in the creative um, phase and yeah. what doesn't. And so I think overall, just getting rid of the pressure has been gold because I, I used to put this pressure on myself to like keep releasing um, periodically and, and, I think the the danger of that is I'd you know looking back I, I've released things that probably wouldn't make the favorite you know folder now on, yep. on my Dropbox. You know? <laughs> so, so right now I, I'm I'm in this process where I just get to the end and I go oh I think I think I'm in a good place and I feel great about every single song. Mm. Um, there's no fillers in my mind, and so now I'm ready. And, yeah. and whereas in the past, I think I'd work to a date, and you know, I'm not wanting to let fans down or wait too long or whatever. And well, then so especially because it's the way it started for you was kind of very much, but you were a part of something much bigger, right? Mm. And you were you were kind of yeah deadlines, and you now yeah. you can do this, and we're expecting this of you, and then this. Yeah, and, and also probably not. Um, you know, you, you always I think overall I've gone through this really big process over the years of, of you're so aware of, of um, wanting to do the right thing by everyone. And so you, you, you're taking your fans, you know, my own family, like I've got those priorities as well. Yeah. And then um, I've got my label and I've got like my management and I've got everyone that, that you know, I, I, I don't want to let down. And so I think over the years there's also a whole lot of people that that i've always gone on that everyone's smarter than me and and i i I don't know why i got into that sort of mode so i I would i would almost just put myself down a little bit and just go uh yeah if they say that then it you know but do you think but do you think that might come from like because you know being you won australian idol did you ever feel 
I've got to be a bit more grateful or like, cause you know, does that make mm. sense? As opposed to like, oh, you, you came sense, out of the blocks yeah. with this album that you made in your bedroom over two years. It was a, a, a piece of artistic genius and yeah. now everyone's bowing at your feet, but you kind of, you flipped it. Now that's what people think. You've, you've obviously, mm. you're 20 years in. So the credibility is unquestionable, but maybe the way it started, you're always a bit more like, Oh my God. Well, you know, if it wasn't for this or if it wasn't for this person or. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's a very, <laughs> I speak about this, uh, you know, a bit, um, mainly in private about, um, you know, there's always this thing that that drives me, and it's a fairly unique thing as an artist. Because, and when we speak about quick, my first album was five days <laughs> in the rec in the studio. So five days to make that stu- studio album, and then right you did interviews I because I met you 20 years ago in Nova Perth. Yeah, and you've aged better than me. You, you <laughs> still look <laughs> very young. I I just remember though, we were like, we don't normally have celebrities in the Nova Nine Three Seven studio because you and Shannon <laughs> were as big as it gets. Because we off air, we were just talking about the Matildas mm. match yesterday. The first Australian Idol Grand Final was mm. people over at people's houses cooking fried rice type scenarios. It, the whole yeah. country stopped. And then I think it would have been five days later. You were I was I was speaking to you. That had never happened to us either. It's crazy, right? I mean, even looking back, you know, while we were on the show, we were doing so many mag- like cover magazine shoots, and and I think that it was the first one. You know, so there was this real authenticity to the um, actual reality nature of the show because when you look back. I didn't really know, Shannon didn't know what was about to happen to us and, and we didn't know if it would be successful. At the start, I didn't even know if it was going to make it to like commercial television. It's a bit like the we first were- Big Brother. That was the best because no one exactly. knew that anyone gave a shit. And they don't know if it's something they can capitalise on. You oh, know, yeah, you that's look- the worst. When people know they can capitalise you know, on I know that I'll get, so this is before social media so, as well. So it's That's like- why you did so many radio interviews. There was, there was, no, oh, there was yeah. no Instagram. No other avenues. <laughs> you have we- to come to Perth, bro. <laughs> exactly. But, you know, that unique nature of being in a position where I've got these ambitions and these aspirations and dreams and um the key to unlocking that was literally people going i don't know you i'm seeing you on this thing and i like you enough to pay 55 cents to vote for you yeah that's right that's right like we did people i've never met yeah and so coming from a fairly I guess I was pretty sheltered growing up and, and, um, sort of a little bit tunnel vision, I guess, in, in my life in a really like beautiful way as well. Like it was rare, lots of love in my family. My brothers, we just love each other. We, we, like my family were super tight. And, yeah. and so I grew up great. It was such a great life, but I really kind of took that on board. In, in a in, in and I, I can't really call it a weight because that has a negative connotation. It was a good weight. It was, um, you know, not something that I wanted to. It wasn't the sort of weight I wanted to lose. It was a weight that I used as a fuel to make sure I kept that drive going. Because hey, these people, they believed in me. They gave me that opportunity. Voted mm. for me. Literally with their money. Like people will stop me on the street even still, and they're like, "Oh, we bought SIM cards just to vote for you." Like yeah, they're like, right. "Oh," and we'd get all our family together. Like I think about it, even people like the Barnes, you know, Jimmy Barnes' family. Like <laughs> yeah. they, they, uh, they, you know, the they whole t- nation stopped for for a mm. non-sporting event. Yeah. This was as big. Like, this was a huge moment, and it was also unique in the nature of who was at the final, you know, because it really did split a lot of people just by, I guess, demographic. There was Shannon, who who is a fairly quintessential Aussie <laughs> yeah. country boy, and then 
there's me who's sort of a, no one really knows what Get hair culture out I am. Here. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like a mixed mongrel <laughs> with a with an afro who you know like was was sort of I, I guess in you know uh, from the outer looking it was fairly clean sort of we were just very different sort of people. So there'd be people watching who would relate to Shannon and people watching who may relate to me or whatever. Mm. And so it really kind of divided yeah. people. And, yeah. and um, yet there was also a lot of people that just kind of was happy both of us were, were winning and were, were there. And so it was this, I think it was this really beautiful, pure um, moment and obviously something that I, I couldn't anticipate was going to be that. Life changing. We're not going to spend all the time there, but was there was there something that w- was there a way that you were going to do this anyway for a living? Like you know, was there a fork in the road, or were you mm. going to be a chef, or were you always go- <laughs> or were you going to be you're going to the family business, or like what what mm. was that? You know how they always like does that butterfly effect type thing. Like yeah. if you didn't audition, would you kind of still be sitting here? Do you think? Um, I think I'd be in music. Yeah, 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 definitely. I, 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 I think when you younger, answer. yeah. Uh, well, I, I just can't. I can't imagine loving anything as much as I do music. Like I love golf, but, but uh, you know, music yeah. is just, it's this thing that um, after 20 years of doing it, I love it more now than I ever have. As far as the challenge of making it, mm. it I'm obsessed. Like yeah. I, so if you look at my feed on, on you know, like Instagram mm. and TikTok and stuff, it's just producer plugins and methods of diff- like but even during covid we it. had you on uh, we did a little uh, lockdown show with carl and dicky and, yeah, and, and yeah. kate and you zoomed in and you were sitting at the piano <laughs> it's like what do you oh. want to hear like it was that must have killed you that i mean you, won't, you know covid's gone now but that must have killed you absolutely yeah, yeah. well it, it was uh a really but in saying that it killed me but it was also i guess tougher for others than it was for yeah know, certain, um, but for me i had been on that kind of treadmill running for so long mm. so non-stop with that what i spoke about before kind of that expectation and that weight on my shoulder to not screw it up these people have believed in you do not screw this up yeah for me i also if i'm being half glass full i can talk about all the negatives of of being locked down and not being able to perform and all that sort of mm. stuff but it definitely reminded me of falling in love with the craft again and um actually stopping and and taking life in and the more that I took life in the more I was able to reset my priorities and get a healthy because I wasn't terribly mentally in a great space so it was yeah. like that was for me almost this great kind of reset after 17 or 18 years of, of just doing it non-stop yeah and I think I'm now a better writer for it I'm a, I'm more appreciative and I'm a better dad and I'm a better you know I, I I'm definitely a better golfer because I've played a lot of golf <laughs> in that time. I need to ask you how you get away with because I don't play golf, but I always look at fathers that play golf. Like, how do you get out of the house for eight hours during the day on the weekend? <laughs> I just think I earn it. And, I, I've, and, and See, I've, guys, I'm, I'm heading off to do my sport. Yeah, well, <laughs> I think it's always – look, I, I don't really – because I'm lucky and yeah. I'm not saying this is, is a like my – perspective on how things should be yes it's just my perspective on it because it's my life mm-hmm. like my wife knows like she she doesn't look at me and go oh he slacks off or whatever she knows that i work hard yeah. and, and she sees the hours that i'm in the studio till like she's asleep you yeah. know and i'm still going and, and and it's late nights it's you know lots of travel all that sort of stuff so she she knows that 
for me, golf is like this thing where I actually get out. It's, I, I don't see anyone. I'm in nature. I'm walking. Like, I never cart. I just get out and I'm walking for 12Ks. Yeah, Sometimes right. more because I, I don't always hit straight, so I'm going <laughs> diagonal a bit. But she, she sees the difference that it makes for me just when I have that breathing space and yes. she knows for my life and for, just for me, I guess, in my headspace, I'm mm. – so good for it and it's like my thing that i just get as an escape so i don't know she's never really made me feel guilty yeah. for it so um, no, I, just, I, I see other fathers like with their titleist hats on and on a oh, saturday yeah. morning i'm like off you go buddy <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it, it's because golf takes so damn long it's I like know. four and a bit hours yeah, yeah, to yeah. play a, a full round so it's my uh, sport's the pub though so i guess if i if i just left the house at you know at 8 a.m to go and sit at the pub for eight hours i'd have a different different um that is true different outcome not as <laughs> Not as good for your <laughs> Not heart as good for rate. the family. No, no. <laughs> so talk to me because I, I'm really intrigued. As a rider, I guess, you, I mean, you make me easy, but as a rider and we're just sitting here, things obviously appeared and are very good, right? Mm. Where, where where do you go? Like, do you have to take your – because oh, you've got a studio at home. So, yeah. But do you find that you need to get out of reality a bit to, say, put together what could potentially be a 10th studio album? Like, how does that happen for you? Especially now, like, as you say, trying to challenge yourself. Mm. I think it's it's – different all the time. So I don't have one set of um, rules for creativity. The only overarching kind of general rule that I set myself is to not um, make it a grind. And and because when I was speaking before about trying to churn stuff out, I, you know, I realized that when it comes to creativity, people people are often listening to quotes or reading books and about atomic habits and all these sort of things. And generally, you hear people have that mentality of like, "Don't no days off," you know, like you just keep going and you're on the grind. If you want to make it, yeah. you want to. I I am completely like in contrast of that thinking because as a creative person if you don't have oxygen you you're not giving yourself any room to receive and you can't be receptive to ideas if you don't breathe and live life a little bit and yeah. so instead of jamming my weeks and my months full of constant writing sessions or or being in the studio every day i just live life and then an idea pops into my head and i put it on my voice notes while i'm out playing golf or while yeah. i'm out fishing with my boys or or watching one of their <laughs> like footy games or something yeah and it what i've learned is that if i give myself that space as a creative it actually works way better for me because i'm operating on inspired ideas as opposed to um you know, hammering myself to come up with ideas in the moment all the yeah. time. So, um, but you're right though, it must be different because you hear even like Stephen King, the author, used to say he used to mm. wake up at nine, get showered, go, go to his office and mm. work till five. And that, and, <laughs> and that probably worked for him. For him, he was yeah. doing other things as well, but yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think to write those books, you know, some dark, he's weird churning stuff. Churning out some yeah. uh, hectic pages there upstairs. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, I just think there's, you know, there's no reason to put no. pressure on yourself. I think you need to just know what you are and what what works for you. Like if, yep. if you're the sort of person that gets so uh, like anxious and, and overwhelmed with that thinking of like no days off, get up and you know do this and have you have you you know smash your coffee, go to yep. the gym, do this, treat everything like war. No, <laughs> no, no, I just don't think that's always conducive for for the best quality. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I've changed how I work a fair bit. Um, 
I'm really happy, like super, super happy just in general. I yeah. just love music, love love where I'm at. Like my kids are, are 11 and 9. Like, And you let them stay up for the game as well. I, I, I feel like a bad father <laughs> making my kids go to bed at halftime. Oh, there was no <laughs> way I could. And we had like we had close to 30 people at the house. So I was, yeah. you know, sort of juggling cooking up. Yeah. And we just smashed them with a whole bunch of sh- like sugar and they were good. They <laughs> yeah, stayed yeah, up. Perfect. The next morning was difficult yes. getting them ready for school. Uh, tell me about going over with the news. You went over to LA to work with Warren uh, Felder, who's mm. a great producer. What do you, where do you kind of find these relationships or is this just how, is this just a snowball effect of being doing it for 20 years? Well, um, it's funny because I met Oak on a writing camp and I hadn't, I hadn't actually done a writing camp ever, and I was always- What is a writing camp? Oh, so that's the thing, right? <laughs> Picture this. So for me, I always thought it was, it, you know, in my mind, I felt like maybe it's a bit too, um, like, factory line manufacturing yes. songs, right? Because you go there and the sole purpose is to write every day. You're with a different writer or two. You, you're with a producer and another writer or whatever every day. So you might be working in a duo or a trio. Yeah. Most of, most of these guys you probably have never met. And but are they all kind of in the business? Oh, everyone's, everyone's like, really they're signed to a publisher okay, or right. they've had they've got runs on the board, okay, right? So, um, so just d- random. depending on the camp, I mean, there's different levels of camp. This one I'm was, assuming the one you go to is at the moment is pretty good. Well, this one was in <laughs> Bali. I've only been to two. They're both in Bali, one recently and then one in 2015. Yeah. And, and so I went thinking, oh, I, I'm not sure how I'm going to go. Not Not judging the process, judging myself, going, can I do this every day with randoms? Like, mm. what if I just am blocked and I like have a naff idea or whatever? Then everyone's going to judge me and I'm going to look like a loser. And um, <laughs> so I had all these thoughts going into this process, googling where the closest Balinese golf courses are in yeah, case it all goes yeah, exactly. to shit. <laughs> but I got there, and actually, I think I was maybe me and a couple, one or two other pop artists. The rest were all indie artists, yeah. and so I was like, oh, this isn't. Like maybe this isn't as like a factory line kind of manufactured thing as I thought it was and maybe I don't need to be super anxious and (laughs) I should just get into it. And so I walk into this kind of massive string of villas all set up as studios and you're recording in bathrooms and all sorts. Like these are bedrooms pretty much set up. And, yeah, I I, I met. Producers like Oak, who uh, you mentioned, Warren. Mm, his yep. name is uh, he's like um, writer name is Oak. Okay, and he's. I didn't genius. feel I was familiar enough to call him Oak. No, oh, no, that's right. <laughs> but there's all these producers. I mean, there's there's like uh, Liz was there, who's written for Taylor Swift and all yep. sorts of people. So there's these insanely talented people who just love music, and yep. then and then you're sitting there and you realize, oh, actually, every day I've I didn't. Oh, I didn't think I'd cry today. Why am I crying? Like, because they're like, "What do you want to talk about?" And I'm like, "Oh, well, this has been going on." And then you start digging in, and then you end up like in this moment where you're like tearing up. So it's like a therapy, really. It's almost therapy. You claim it on tax, (laughs) yeah. And then you go through one of those days, and you wake up the next day, and like I chose good, for example, was after a day of writing something really deep, and it was this reflective song I probably never record or whatever, but Mm. um. And I walk into the studio going, I don't want to write anything that means anything today. I just want it to feel good. (laughs) And you think in the morning, you go, oh, it'll probably just be a throwaway song. 
But you realize that those songs are so important and if you drain your mind <laughs> and you don't have the energy, that's when you write the most feel-good up-tempo because that's what you needed for yeah, the day. Yeah. So oh, I, wrote, really- I chose good on a day where I was completely dry <laughs> and had nothing and and ended up going through my um, – like I, I always – go in with ideas and, yeah. and had this title I chose good and kind of what the concept was about and then Oak starts playing bass and piano and it's game over. Yeah, amazing. And what you hear yeah. is literally, I reckon, well, the only thing I've added is some choir vocals that I recorded later, but there were still gang vocals. We're all in the room singing gang vocals. And, and it feels you like know. you need it. That's almost a signature of you. We need a few choir oh, vocals God. here and then. That's, it's not a song without gang <laughs> vocals. And so, so basically what you're hearing is- literally pretty much 99% of what I had at the end of the day. That's amazing. So we wrote it on the day, a few hours of writing, tracked all the vocals. He's tracking, you know, and then he puts a synth bass down and then his dude upstairs plays a real bass. Yeah. It's just this unbelievably well-oiled machine that you get to the end and you're like, oh, there's no guesswork as to whether there's a great song or not. It's just is. This is, yeah. you know, it's up for judgment now because this is pretty much it. It's ready. <laughs> so um, I guess with with – Nine studio albums, <clears throat> you're in the, the Quentin Tarantino phase of your career where the big number 10. Now, for him, he's only making 10 feature films. I'm assuming you're not making 10 studio albums. You're going to keep going. But is there – I mean, you've already answered this. You put a lot of pressure on yourself. But what, what do you feel like album number 10 is going to mean versus – well, let's not say album number one because you made that in five days. <laughs> but even one that you put your heart and soul into. Like, where, where do you think that sits for you um, for, for where your career is now? I reckon I'll write it pretty quickly because there is like there was talks about this possibly being a double album because I've got so many songs that I'm finding really hard to trim down to like a favourites folder because I've got to this point now where I've written so many songs and I've and like I said they're all inspired ideas so um, the guts of it is really good and now I've got to this point where I'm like oh I wish I like I. I, I wish I knew which one to choose because, like, this one's just different, but I like it as much. So, yeah. but I think the next album will just be like, it'll be ready when it's ready. I feel like I, I just don't have any, it's, I don't have any pressure on what to write about. Um, but I've got heaps to say and, and heaps of melodies and things that I'm doing with my production now. And, and, uh, feel like that one will come not too soon after. Yeah. I, I, I've never said that before because I'm normally erring on the side of caution. But, <laughs> yeah, go um, for it now. You're going yeah, for it. I, yeah. <laughs> I'm on our show too. Uh, you remember we did the um, the World Cup of Guy Sebastian songs and it was me, Ricky Lee and Joel and <laughs> I said Battle Scars. Um, I, I, think, I Instagrammed back. Uh, yeah. yeah, Ricky. Yeah. And you agreed with me. You said that. Uh, so it was uh, Angels brought me Angels, here, choir, yeah. Battle Scars. So First I was shocked would, that Angels got the mention because well, it was that so was old. That, well, that was Ricky's, I think it must just be an idol thing, right? Right? Because yeah. Ricky's like, well, that's the song that you know made you who you are today. Absolutely, and there might, there may be something special coming later this year because it's the twentieth anniversary. Yeah, I'm, I may be trying to cook up something. Okay, I've noticed Instagram's bringing anniversaries back. Like every time I wake up, it's like, oh, ten years since the Arctic Monkeys released. I am like, it's like, okay, <laughs> it's one of those things where I'm not sure of the value of reminding people. That's that, all right, because you know, a lot of people on TikTok and Instagram aren't even twenty years old. So, no, but that's maybe why they want to rediscover it. You know, that's, yeah. that's it was forty years of Islands in the Stream yesterday, like things like that. Is that right? <laughs> that's, yeah, the internet's constantly giving us. Oh, there you go, anniversaries. <laughs> well, mate, it's it's such a pleasure. 
hang out. And as I said, well, we sat in a radio studio 20 years ago and it was a, mm. a very different feeling for both of us. But we're both mm. still here. So we both must be doing something right. We both employed. <laughs> both employed. In some capacity. Absolutely. <laughs> um, we, we like to finish though. Is anyone you'd like to introduce us to? Like any artist you're loving, um, any song that you just can't get enough of, oh. someone you've worked with. It could, it might even be Dolly Parton. It's just like something that you're loving right now. Oh, can I grab my phone? Yeah, yeah, do that. Is that all right? I'm and everyone, you can name as many as you want. Shocking for how much music I listen to and yeah. say. What are you liking? Like, well, there's so many, um, so many things that I I will just save in my like, you know, on Spotify and stuff. And um, oh my gosh, my so I wrote a song called "Before I Go" mm. with a, a guy called Jamie Hartman. Mm. He's just such a great songwriter and, and such a great friend and and. Um, he he's written stuff for Adele, for, um, Louis Capaldi, but he wrote a song and he played it for me mm. when I was over there in LA recently. And he's like, "Hey, check this song out. Um, I think it's the song on Ted Lasso." <laughs> and I was like, "Your joke? You got a Ted Lasso cut, dude?" <laughs> so he plays me this demo of this yeah. song, and it's a guy called Sam Ryder singing. Oh like, yeah, I know Sam. You Ryder. know the, yeah. the guy with the long hair from yes. the he's British. He just ridiculous a, voice. You can't wipe the smile off his face. Literally, no, like, best. Oh, how do you sing smiling like that? I think it's good. Lift your palate. <laughs> yeah, anyway, really. when you're trying to hit a big note out there, I lift, thought you smile. smiled a lot, and then I saw Sam Ryder. <laughs> no, he is so joyful. But how how good do you feel when you watch him sing? Because yeah. he just no, he's like he's loving it. Yeah. So there's this song that he played me called Fort and Lost, and it's very Queen esque. Okay. Um, and it was a lot of people know this song because it was on Ted Lasso, but okay. listen to him sing it and then go go down the rabbit hole of watching him sing it live. It's awesome. Um, I actually saw some content, I think Delta did a duet with him just on her piano, yeah, right. like on her Instagram or something. So okay. um weirdly been massively getting into Simon and Garfunkel, uh, Garfunkel lately. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the harmonies, or the fact they hated each other. Well, which- well, uh, well. <laughs> actually, <laughs> more more Paul Simon. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and actually diving into just the journeys that he'll take you on through through one song. And yeah. Um, uh, so there's a very famous drum. Um, hang on. Um, where is this song? Oh no, sorry. Oh, that's cool. Listen to this loop. This is a very long intro. Of That's drums, very cool, though. Just, I, and I watched the making of this beat. So this, like, reminds me of... It's a mixture of, like, Sting. Um, it's... And I guess Beatles in, in, in some way. Yeah. But... 50 ways to leave your lover. Just slip out the back chair. Oh, that's cool. You don't need to be coy, Just get yourself free. So it goes to like this blues. Oh, that's so good. And every song is like this incredible journey. And um, Still Crazy After All These Years is another song to check out if you're after something to send your loved one. Okay. That is a beautiful love song. And uh, um, I just felt like we're at a party then, by the way, at the end of the night when you're putting your phone in the cup. Yes, yes, <laughs> totally. This is this bit. This is this bit. <laughs> um, look, there's like um, 
Sapling by Foy Vance. That's another great song. Yeah. I know I'm saying all the things that um, uh, Lozzie, who who is a, is part of my team outside, her and her her husband's a muso, and we have all the same oh, really? taste. Um, a guy called PJ Morton, who I saw recently in LA. I was lucky enough to be. I was watching my friend David Ryan Harris, who I wrote mm. Battle Scars with. Yeah, he yeah. had a gig. He plays in John Mayer's band, and he's a freak. He's, mm. His voice is ridiculous. Songwriting is amazing, and he was playing at Hotel Cafe, and then. PJ Morton, who's one of my favorite artists, does this pop-up gig. Yeah. And there's all these like silly gospel singers, silly in the sense that they are ridiculously yeah. talented. And there's just this pop-up like random gig <laughs> for just a few of us at the Hotel Cafe. <laughs> and um, he's got a live piano album that it, like especially if you're musical, yeah. you, you've never heard better like um, piano playing and singing and stuff. It's unreal. Um, who else? I mean- I knew this would be a hard question for you. <laughs> it's, a, it's a tough one because, you know, over time, I, I when I was writing in LA, I really was into Joji. Like oh, he, Joji's that, amazing. That album's incredible. That well, both album's those amazing. Albums, that last one's incredible. Does do, not do any press, Joji, like famously. Is that right? Nothing. He's well, Japanese, Unless, unless they're just he? saying that to us. Japanese Australian. Australian? Yeah, he's Australian. Mum or dad Australian. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Still no interviews unless that's just us. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I'm just looking at. All the stuff that I, ASTN, so oh, I think that's, that's Aston. Cool. Yeah. Um, there's a, a great local guy, Ben Abraham. He's oh, in, yeah. you know, Ben. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I, I really love mixing great produce. So a lot of my stuff is a lot of instrumentals and things that I listen to for, for production inspiration, you know, from James Blake to Labyrinth to yeah. a bunch of different producers. And then there's like great pop songwriters like Julia Michaels and Lauv and mm. um, is that how you say his name? Lauv, Lauv. Lauv, I think so. Lauv. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lauv, um, yeah. Uh, who just get me when it comes to lyrics. Um, her, H-E-R, just yeah. in, incredible soul. Um yeah, this is I, I can never just mention one. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's right. Uh, <laughs> also, it makes me feel like if anyone picked you as um, their coach on the Voice, that they'd actually really be getting someone. <laughs> You'd be like, "Can we go home now?" You're like, "No, no, no, more yeah. stuff." <laughs> yeah, seriously. Well, I, I um, I, I'm super excited actually about the Voice performances coming yeah. up, and it's always exciting doing a duet. I did this really cool, um, like. Uh, I, I did this production of uh, and almost like a remake of a very classic um, Aussie pop song. Can I say what song it is, Lozzie? No, not really. No, no, I can't. I can't give away anything like that. Not for the TV. No, no I've always, I'm, I've got, always got to be careful. Can't give away because we know what happens. Yeah, uh, up, I guess up until it, the voting starts. Yeah, yeah. You should and, go to Spain like Rita does while, while the while the show's on, just so you don't oh, yeah. you don't get caught out. Just on a yacht. Yeah, I saw yeah. she was on a yacht. With your Oscar-winning husband. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I love that. That's my favorite part of the show to yeah. actually dig into song choices and and how to remake stuff and create moments and like that i know the value of like nailing a song choice or something like that because our only job is to make them look the best they can possibly look and yeah sometimes you hit them with a song choice they're looking at you like dude really like what yeah but then you 
show them your vision for it. And, and a lot of like with, with a couple of things in particular this year, I, I actually made tracks and stuff in my studio and then did demos and showed <laughs> like to really spell it out. But <laughs> the duet that I end up doing with um, my semi finalists is um, it's one of my faves. It's a really, really fun version. Oh, I look forward to seeing that. No spoilers, no spoilers. <laughs> well, mate, it's such a pleasure. As I said, um, congratulations on the new song and looking forward to your Tarantino album. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it won't be as dark as a Tarantino film, but you know. No car chases or anything. <laughs> exactly. Thanks, Michael, to catch up.